0: How are we? I'm good. Baby girl's good, too. She's 19 weeks old right now. I know. We're in the first week of month five. It's crazy. I felt her move the other day. That was fun. Seth spoke at the Dream Center for the neighborhood thing we're doing here for good, and she was moving the whole time, and I was like, she's trying to butt in on his conversation. That's pretty fun. Yeah, and that's just the beginning, so yeah. have fun. Um, so, um, this week is gonna be, I, I just love this content, and that's kind of why I picked it when Seth's like, What week do you wanna preach? And I was like, That one. Um, the Sermon on the Mount is just an awesome topic to talk about, and I'm glad that Jesus gave that message, um, which we're gonna talk about today. My goal is not to talk very long, but to give you guys lots of time to talk in your groups because I'm sure all of you, knowing almost all of your stories, um, have journeyed with Jesus for a long time. And so you're very familiar with this passage. Or if not, I'm going to give you a little bit of background knowledge, but then you're going to share your experiences with each other. So my goal is not to talk very long, but to give you guys plenty of time to talk with each other because I think that's one of the my favorite parts of Sundays is having the roundtables and discussion time. So my goal is to get through this so that we can chat with each other. So um, the liturgy that Seth has talked about um The church leaders who went through the Bible and in, is it three or four years you can get through? Three years. Um, What? Anyway, they pick a bunch of passages for you to focus on each Sunday or to reflect on during the week, Um, and sometimes those passages that they pick from the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and uh, Gospel, oh, what? Speak louder, man. Anyway, <laughs> I can't hear you. Um, a, a lot of times, the passages like flow together, and sometimes that they sometimes they don't because they're just um, different passages for you to reflect on during the week. Um, I love this group of passages. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, and then the Corinthians passage. There's, um, if you look at your handout, the Psalm 15 is on there, and Micah 6, 1 through 8, which was in our group prayer this morning. The seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. So I just like summarized each uh, Bible section in a in a phrase. So if that helps you kind of keep track of where we're at, that's kind of where we're going. But um, I'm gonna. Kind of lay all my cards out on the table with the direction that we're going for this message today. Um, There is another way, talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And really, what I want to get to and I want you to start thinking about now is there is something that the world is telling you, or the government, or your friends, or your family, or yourself, um, something that you are being told. And then something that Jesus is telling you. And if you've journeyed with Christ for any amount of time, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and is giving you the discernment when you hear something from somebody else or absorb it through social media or reading an article or something like that. As you're processing it, I'm sure you're thinking like, What would God say about this? So that's kind of where we're going in this as you are, as we're reading through um, the Sermon on the Mount. So when Jesus, and Seth did a great job giving the context to the Sermon on the Mount, where they're all like literally on a hill, mountain area. um, People are chilling, just hanging out, and he starts speaking. And he instructs people how to be human, Basically, essentially, that's what he's getting at. And not just um, being human, but living life in a livable way. Like, this is how you can, like, live life. And then, not just in a livable way, but a more satisfying way. And this ends up being that full life that he talks about in John 10.10, I've come to give life and life to the full. The context of the people that were there, like Seth said... The outcasts, the people that were marginalized, the people that had nothing else to do on a Friday night, you know, they're just hanging out, Um, probably didn't have anywhere else to go, probably were curious um, as to what Jesus was doing or saying, Um, people that maybe weren't welcomed at home, so they just followed somebody who wasn't telling them to go away. Um, So I want to focus on verse 5. Um, this is one of the parts of the Sermon on the Mount that I've always been like, what does that mean? So if you go to verse 5, it's the third, um, blessed are the parts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek are the relaxing and the trusting, not the grabbing and the clutching. I always thought meek was, if you could put it in like a meme or a picture, somebody going like, you know, like, don't pick me. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. Um, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And he is talking not about people who are shy or cowardly or timid. Thank you. Yeah. He's talking about those who are trusting and relaxing which is totally not the message that I get from the world these days. <laughs> I don't know what you're hearing, but that's what I'm hearing. Um, don't be weak uh, because you're going to get trampled all over. So Jesus is not referencing that when he's talking about this, and I want to focus on uh, just this main blessed are the uh, part. Those who grab and clutch are always filled with anxiety that they, what they've fought for will be taken away. I'm going to read that again. Those who grab and clutch are always filled with anxiety that what they've fought for will be taken away. But when you relax and trust, you aren't filled with fear that what you've uh, received will be taken from you. And I have four examples of this in my life. The first one's at school. Many of you asked, how's school going? School's great. Sometimes it's not so great. And that's okay, because I teach third grade. And... We live in this world. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. um, At school, there was an issue at recess. A girl and a boy were playing catch with a football. The boy hit her with the ball. She got very angry. Uh, So she went up and hit him, thinking that, ah, I got my revenge. You hit me, I hit you, even though that's part of football. If you miss it, you get hit. But as I'm separating the kids, because then he hit back, she hit back, she really hit him, he started crying. Um, As I am separating them, and she is ready to hit him again, I asked her, I looked into her eyes, and I said, look at me, was it worth it? Now that he is bawling, and a hot mess over here, and bleeding, was it worth it? Um, Do you feel better now that you've hurt him and got him back? And that's a question that I have to ask, because in this world, I feel like the message we get back is, you'll feel better if you get back at them. And what Jesus is saying, and what I think he's saying in that moment, and he was speaking to me in that moment, I don't know where she is at with the Lord, but he was definitely talking to me as I was trying to help her problem solve, and he was telling me, Ty, Do you feel better now that you made so-and-so feel bad after that comment you made? Do you feel better now that you took away something from somebody else in that argument? Was it worth it? Do you feel better now? Because the world's telling me that, yes, I will feel better. But what Jesus is telling me is there's another way. You don't have to do that. You don't have to control the situation. You don't have to grab for it. You don't have to hold on to it with white-knuckled fists. The second example is on TV. I love the show Survivor. I don't know if you've seen it. I've also been a very good neighbor to one of my neighbors, and we have started watching The Bachelor together, which I don't endorse at all, but I have been watching it with her. It's great bonding for her and I. Anyway, the question that I walk away with every week after watching reality TV is what are you willing to compromise to win? In Survivor, people are gonna lie and you know backstab and vote you off as soon as you become their friend and tell you all their secrets. The Bachelor, these girls are, or whoever you know whatever season it is are trying to say things to make the person like them. They're trying to you know wear the fancy clothes so that first impression will win them a husband or win them a wife or whatever. Um, And the question that I'm asking is, what are you willing to compromise to win? In this world, it says, do whatever you need to do. But Jesus is saying, no, there's another way. You don't don't have to do it the way everybody else is doing it. There's a way that you can be yourself, come as you are. You matter to me, and that's enough. My third example is from social media. Um, oh, this one, I hate admitting this story. In high school, uh, there was a group of students who had a different lifestyle than I did. And once a year, they would have an opportunity to kind of give a demonstration to raise awareness for their cause, that kind of thing. And in high school, I was not, uh, understanding and not patient and sometimes not kind. And I admit that because Jesus loves me and I'm working through that. Anyway, um, what I decided to do so that I didn't have to participate in their demonstration willingly or unwillingly, I just didn't go to school that day. And it wasn't enough for me just not to go to school that day so I wasn't participating in their demonstration. I got on social media thinking that I could have a final word by saying how I felt. This is why I wasn't at school so you all know. Um, because that's totally what Jesus will do, she says, when she rolls her eyes. Yeah, Evelyn, it wasn't good. I shouldn't have done it. Um, So the question that I had to ask myself after I worked through that, after um, Jesus had to really get a hold of my heart, um, he said, "Did did having the final word matter that much to you? Because in this world, we're told, like, get your jabs in where you can, you know? Tell them how you really feel. Make a statement. If they're going to make a statement, you make a statement. But what Jesus is saying is who are you to judge? Who are you to start throwing the first stone? You're not perfect. Like, be patient with people, Um, be gracious with each other. And then the last example comes from the Bible, and I'm sure you've been thinking about it the rich young ruler. When Jesus is like, when he's approached, and the young ruler is like, God, Jesus, I've done everything right. I give to the poor. I have not murdered anyone. It's been hard, but I haven't done it, you know. And he says all these good things that he's done. And then Jesus is like, well, get rid of everything and follow me. And the guy's like, I can't do it. And he walks away sad because he knows that that's too steep of a sacrifice to make. And the world is telling you, the question that I asked is, are you willing to trust that you will have enough? And the world is saying that you can never have enough, that there's always something to chase after. The rat race will never end, so you have to keep going. And Jesus is like, no, let it all go. and Just follow me. I'm what's most important. Love for your neighbor is what's most important, not having stuff. So going back to blessed are the meek. The meek are the relaxing and the trusting, not the grabbing and the clutching. And I love the Sermon on the Mount so much, and it speaks so much to today, because Jesus is flipping everything that people know on its head. So he's looking out in the crowd, and he's realizing, and he knows this because he's God. But he's realizing that all of these people are exhausted because they've been trying to, I just got to keep up. If I could do this, then I'll be accepted by people. If I could do this, I could feed my family and we won't have to worry anymore. If I could do this, then somebody will love me. And that is just terribly exhausting, isn't it? And so when he's going through, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the merciful, He's giving value to that stuff, not to what they have, not to their status in life, but to what they can offer, which is being kind, being patient, saying, you might not have anything, but if you're looking out for the people around you, you're doing exactly what I asked to do, and you will inherit the kingdom of heaven, which is nothing that this earth has ever seen before. I will admit, that sometimes, and this happened a lot in high school and even in college a little bit, um, I would think to myself, when I would see somebody doing the opposite of what Jesus asked, I would think, well, they got away with it. Like, do I really have to do everything Jesus said? Like, it's working out for them. They're living a life of luxury. They're treating people however they want. Um, And I even had this thought as I was preparing this message and Psalm 37 came up and it talked about not being envious of wrongdoers. So when we are in the crowd and Jesus is talking to us and we're thinking to ourselves, can't I just be a tax collector? (laughs) It would be easier to like rob people in the wide open and nobody does anything than give what I'm supposed to give and do what I'm supposed to do, and mind my own business, why can't I just? And Jesus is like, no, don't be envious, don't be clutching and grabbing and trying to control. In all of those situations, those examples that I gave, that was either me or somebody that I observed trying to get control, trying to say, no God, I know better, (laughs) I'm gonna do it my own way, And it never worked out. And it's uncomfortable to talk about because I have to admit, I didn't do it the right way. Jesus clearly is telling me to do something, but I'm like, but I want it. Can I hold it? Can I keep it? He's like, let it go. Blessed are you when you have nothing to offer except your heart to other people. We need to choose who we're going to believe, the world or God. The world says, grab it, and you will get it. God says, trust, and you will inherit. And author and pastor Brian Zahn says, inheritance is a family word. It's a word of grace, a grace that goes before us. We get it just because. Will we appreciate it? and sink back into God's faithfulness, knowing that he will provide. If I do it God's way, he will provide. And knowing all of you in this room right now, I know that you know that. You've seen it before. When you've stepped out in faith, and you're like, I don't know how we're going to do this, God. You've got to make a way. And he does. And you're like, great is his faithfulness. And we sing about it, and we, we pray about it. But then how often do we come back and we're like, I don't know. I think I need to do it my way. And then time and time again, he keeps saying, remember how I've been faithful? Remember those people I put in your life to encourage you when you were going through that hard thing? Not so that you would try to control it, but you would remember how faithful I've been? So everything around us tells us how to deal with life. Our family has an opinion. Our friends have an opinion. Our coworkers have an opinion. Work, whatever you do for a living, tells you how to live life. The pace that other people are moving influences how we live life. Technology influences us. Government influences us and our own plans for our future. What goals do you have that influences us? Jesus flipped Everything on its head. And the crazy part about this, when I was thinking about it, you know when Jesus talks, and he did it so much, when he would say, you've heard it said before, an eye for an eye or something. But then he would say, but I say, you know, love your enemy or somebody who did you wrong. You know who Jesus is quoting. You've heard it said. He's talking about the law of Moses. His own people and the law that they grew up He's not even contradicting, like, the world. He's contradicting what his friends grew up listening to and what he grew up listening to. So, like, my family, they can tell me what to say. Like, I'll go with that. That's what our family does. We control stuff. That's just how we are. And Jesus is like, no, you've heard it said. But I tell you, pray for people. Give them a second chance. Be merciful. Be patient. Be patient. Great is your reward in heaven. So, all that to say this. What is the world telling you? And what is Jesus telling you? And I know you've had these conversations with your friends or with your family, whoever you're close to, journeying with Jesus, who's doing life with you. You've had these conversations before. Um, But I want to spend 15, maybe even 20 minutes talking about the questions on your um, discussion sheet. What do you need to reevaluate in your life? And then what does the world tell you and what is God telling you? What is Jesus telling you? And if it's helpful to make a list, I would encourage everybody to do that. Or at least on one side, if you don't know what God's telling you yet, that's okay. That's why you have people in your, at your table who can speak into that, um, or you can pray about it throughout the week. But write down those things, like what am I hearing constantly from outside sources? Or what am I telling myself that I don't think is true, but I keep telling myself for some reason? Like I can't do it. I don't even know what it is, but I just keep telling myself I can't do it. Maybe that's something you need to write down. Because I know God is saying something totally different, and the people at your table are going to be able to speak into that as well. So those are the three questions that I have, and I want you to fill out the list if you can. But then also at your table guide, um, you can go over those questions as well with your group. So we are going to take quite a bit of time, so feel free to spend a couple minutes just alone on your own making your list. Um, And then when you feel comfortable, if you want to talk about it with your group, please do. If you would rather pray on that, throughout the week and then talk to somebody, that's fine too. So we'll get a little bit of soft music going and let you uh, write and talk.